Hello, welcome to another session of Forty Guard Live. I'm Derek Mankey, and joining me, as always, is Amar Lakani. How you doing, Amar? I'm always great. Always uh, looking forward to talking about Tourette's and how they're running wild. Just like my favorite '80s wrestler, always running wild. <laughs> I see him up in the background behind you. Maybe that's someone else. <laughs> uh, yeah, welcome. It's good to good to talk to you again. Um, obviously, there's. In any given week, a ton of developments that happen, as you say, uh, in terms of threats running wild. Not even just every given week, it's any given hour, it seems nowadays, just gets more fast, more furious. Um, you know, uh, the, the attack surface is growing. We've talked about in the past things like offensive automation and uh, the weaponization of machine learning and artificial intelligence. And we continue to see more volume. Uh, but shifts in this, right? And um, you know, one of the one of the things that we had talked about in the past tracking COVID lures, as an example, just to give a quick update on that. Um, obviously, it was uh, front and center in, in terms of fresh new campaigns we saw in in Q2, uh, specifically in in um, April, May. A lot of these lures were targeted towards um, you know the initial layoff notices that were happening to some employees. Uh, things like, um, you know, purchase orders that were uh, going through messages from HR, health authority updates. In our trackers, those have dropped down quite a bit. I mean, we're going from 250 on average a day down to uh, single digits now on the weekend to about, you know, 20 on average per day. So it seems like attackers, now that we're entering into Q4 and into the fall here in, in uh, the Northern Hemisphere, you know, we're seeing um, the traditional kick off to a lot of things like conferences now that are happening. Um, you know, a lot of organizations have shifted gear and they're, and they're shifting into a higher gear now, trying to, uh, you know, uh, make some, some lost revenue back as an example. There's more hiring that's happening, economies being stimulated. And uh, we're seeing that, the, the shift from Luder is going from just all the things I talked about to things like uh, foreign work programs that are being set up and also um, uh, job hiring notices. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because our labs picked up some, some hijacks, right? So these are business email compromise uh, where attackers are going and, and actually uh, intercepting sort of man in the middle uh, of these email threads uh, for job, job candidates and offers and injecting malicious resumes, PDFs, as an example. So something interesting to see. And, and I know you've been also tracking threats based on universities as well too, right? No, absolutely right. At first, I thought maybe attackers were just getting tired of um, all the attacks that they were doing, but they just cha changed focus. They've just like gone right towards where everyone else is going towards, right uh, where the need is. For example, as you said, now it's less about information around the pandemic and more about, hey, what can you do if your job was affected about this? What can you do like if you're remote learning? Um, what can you do like you know if you're trying to? you know, make ends meet and you need some uh, government assistance. So attackers know what's, uh, you know, what, what people like are really emotional about and they're taking advantage of those emotions. As you said, Derek, one interesting thing is that as everyone, especially here in, in the U.S. is doing, uh, like where I'm from, everyone's doing like remote learning for the schools. Uh, we're seeing a lot of attacks in school districts, denial of service attacks, especially on the dark net especially in uh, email campaigns and denial of service attacks. They're saying like, hey, disrupt these businesses and uh, perhaps uh, hold them as ransom. Yeah, it's a good point. So I, I, I think if history has taught us uh, one lesson, as you said, with cyber criminals is that they're always going to jump on the freshest opportunity that they see 
obviously with no ethics on their end. Um, and uh, yeah, Q4 again means back to work for a lot of people um, after summer vacations, but also back to school. <laughs> and and especially now, with, and, and that's been a major shift for education, right? I mean, some institutions were already set up for remote learning possibilities, but if you look at K to 12 and you look at um, a, a majority of other education um, uh, in, in academia, um, a lot of them are just, this is new to them, right? They're using new platforms. Um, they're going to, to new setups. Um, there's a lot more connections that are happening, just like we've had from the telework from home presence. So education is a huge part of that. It is, and it's almost a perfect setup for attackers because the way schools are, are operating is a lot of hybrid learning. It really means that a lot of teachers are coming into a school itself and they may be teaching a class, then they may be doing remote learning. So all the teachers are at one location. So all an attacker has to do is attack that one location. They don't have to find every teacher in their own internet connections. Um, they're not attacking a cloud platform, which probably would be more resilient. They're attacking the internet connection coming directly into that one specific school. And of course they're targeting multiple schools. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, just kind of refreshing on one thing we left our last conversation on was uh, the usage of, of RDP as an example. We say that there's um, a lot of systems that are now publicly um, exposed, right? We have R RDP services that are publicly exposed. And going back to the days of big, big worms that we saw in the past, like WannaCry as an example, these were leveraging this fact, right, that there were public ports exposed for RDP. And it's something that we've always talked about, this just shouldn't be happening, but we continue to see happen. And I think that's also a concern, not just RDP, but other remote uh, desktop uh, applications uh, when it comes to education too, especially, right? Um, just something from a security architecture standpoint, I think that needs to be addressed. You know, it's, it's, um, uh, an easy way for attackers to, especially if they're um, hijacking sessions to try to get into these um, uh, networks, right? Yeah, absolutely. So RDP, Microsoft Remote Desktop Protocol, as well as a lot of other remote, remote desktop protocols everyone's using. I remember just a couple of days ago, I think I did a search on Shodan to see how many publicly available RDP um, you know, ports were indexed on the internet. And I, and I think worldwide, it was like a little over 4 million. I remember looking last year and I used to usually cons consistently get around 2 million. So we've definitely seen an increase in RDP connections that are out there. And then of course, like old exploits, what they do is they exploit RDP, like exploit ports like SMB and other types of ports where people are using RDP as a transport method to like put, push through, through ransomware. And so they're exploiting RDP, pushing through ransomware. And at that point, most RDP connections are on the networks. They may be servers or very critical boxes and, and attackers win. Yeah, and I still, I still think the industry is, is suffering from, uh, you know, the, these growing pains, right? Because this is a big growth right now mechanism when it comes to adopting um, things that, you know, distributed enterprise has done for a while in the past as an example, but now having education going towards this, other other uh, organizations going to uh, way, way more endpoint nodes that are now connected to them. And, you know, the, the natural, well, the, the path of least resistance and the easy way is to go through these, you know, open ports, right? It's an easy connection. You can get into systems. There's more less things that could go wrong if you don't have it properly set up. But of course, in reality, as we know, there's more things that can go wrong. 
uh, because these are exposed and attacks can happen. And, and, and you're talking about, you know, especially when these are into unsegmented networks or you're not running over v VPNs, the risk is, is huge. I mean, you know, we've talked about Ponemon uh, Institute, um, average cost of data breaches, you know, exceeding $4 million US. I know there's the targeted ransom attacks that we talked about that are, um, uh, you know, uh, in, in even larger numbers, right, in terms of uh, damages, even cyber insurance policies that have, have to be taken out to these now too. And so, yeah, if we look at the attack opportunities that are happening with this, especially given that these exploits on RDP and, and other, you mentioned SMB as well, are a majority of them are still quite old, right? Two years plus old. This just shouldn't be happening. It really shouldn't. It makes me think like how the insurance, uh, you know, industry will change for cyber insurance as, as well as if you think about even health insurance, like how COVID has really affected and probably created a new norm on, on the, what, what the normal should be, what the normal spending should be. So especially when you look at cyber attacks and how there's such an increase in attack footprint that's available to hackers, uh, you know, what, how will that really affect policy and compliance and all these other things that you know we normally hadn't really had to think about in in such a deep way. Yeah, that's true, and and this is again where our our world of threat intelligence with, with FortiGuard Labs really comes into play, right? I mean, we always say you, you can only protect against what you can see, um, and I think in in the past um, a lot of these attacks um, were were not seen. I mean, there, there's a lot of, of persistence that was happening, stealth and visibility. Um, you know, organizations that, again, didn't have proper inspection or, or management to a lot of this traffic flow. Um, RDP is a good example of it, right? Um, so I, I think that's another key point critical now when it comes to education that's happening is really getting a, for those, you know, business critical applications, um, how are they secured, segmented? What's the traffic uh, that going, uh, going over them as well? Uh, you know, these are... Um, these are things again that can lead to um, critical losses, and and when it comes to management as well, there's not a lot of visibility on it, right? I mean, now it's becoming a board level discussion, as we know, uh, but I think having that visibility to these threats, and we track it every day with FortiGuard Labs Intelligence, is really key. Yeah, no, you know, visibility is a key, especially these days when most traffic is encrypted. So if you just put in like a regular firewall or like devices that are not capable at high speeds of actually doing deep packet inspections, you're not seeing anything. Uh, by far, the majority of traffic these days is encrypted. Even think about most of the websites you go to. A lot of mainstream websites these days, they're all HTTPS. None of them really have HTTP uh, anymore. You get that big error message on a lot of the web browsers as well. And because of that, uh, you know, you need the capability of like opening up those packets up, looking at them at high speed, uh, playing around with all the all all the computing power encryption and decryption takes, and being able to apply the proper policies as well as application inspections on them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's going to be really interesting to follow this. I I, I believe that um, the next two to three months are going to be quite critical uh, in in the world of of cybersecurity. I mean, it's always critical, but especially now, I think because there are a lot of these wheels in motion. And it's really that time to set up that foundation because, as we said, this is the new normal that, that we're entering into. So it's going to be interesting to follow that. I mean, we, we talked about education today. That's obviously a key area. Um, and uh, I, I think in the future, uh, 
we will be talking more about um, other critical areas like uh, operational technology as an example. Healthcare is a big part of that, but other aspects of OT as we move um, into more integrations, um, 5G, uh, all these sorts of things uh, as well. Um, I, again, if, if you look at the trackers that, that we set up with our 40 guard lab sensors, you know, we're, we're seeing, we talk about huge numbers, right? I mean, over a hundred billion potential threat events a day. Majority of those are web driven now, right? That was a, a big shift. I mean, obviously email has always been dominant, but now we're also seeing a lot of the web-based threats. That also coincides with these endpoints and um, a lot of that web traffic that's flowing from outside of these, you know, corporate or educational safeguards um, data centers that were set up. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think, uh, as I always like to say, we're in a brave new world, uh, you know, to quote uh, the title of one of my favorite books. <laughs> absolutely. But there's always good news. I mean, the good thing is we got scope and visibility on this. I think a lot of people in the industry are, are um, you know, in the security industry uh, are, are obviously doing a good job in terms of education now. People are waking up to this more. Um, so that's the good news. I think it's a good opportunity for everybody to... Uh, especially in the next two to three months, expect this big wave of attacks that are coming up too. We will keep you updated on that. Thanks again, Amar, for your time as always. Uh, this hey, is always, uh, always great being here with you, man. Yeah, you too. Look forward to the next conversation. This is Derek Mankey with uh, 40 Guard Labs signing off.